0: Welcome to Under the Influence, the podcast where we help chiropractors improve their communication skills so they can help more people and help people more. I'm your host, Dr. Martin Harvey. I'm a chiropractor and I'm an expert in communicating the value of chiropractic. Today on Under the Influence, I am joined by Dr. Jennifer Liu. Jen is an absolute powerhouse. I think you're gonna love this episode because Jen's one of those people who has an impact in a whole lot of different areas. She's got a successful practice here in Melbourne. She's very involved with the Spinal Research Foundation. She's involved in a bunch of really important events, events including the DG events and also the philosophy symposium that's coming up here in Melbourne. She also has an impact more globally, though, where she's active in bringing chiropractic and other forms of support to desperately poor people in Cambodia. And so she's got a huge heart. She has a great time doing all the things that she does. And there's a lot we can learn from Jen about how we can have more fun and make more impact in our lives. If you're looking to do some communication training, if you're looking to upgrade your practice, I would strongly recommend you check out the Grow Your Tribe workshop. It's gonna be live in Brisbane on Sunday, the 27th of August. Vismay Schonfelder and I combine our approaches to look kind of at the micro and macro of what creates a high retention practice. And we teach you strategies and approaches that will allow you to create more connection with the people in your practice and also communicate to them the higher individualized value, what chiropractic is going to do for them in their life, and go away with a completely new perspective and some fantastic skills to be able to upgrade your practice. There's early bird pricing until the 11th of August, so get on it in the next couple of weeks. It's limited space, so check it out today. If you're looking to do things remotely, then I would recommend you check out the Retention Recipe 2.0. It's an online program that'll teach you how to set up the first 12 visits to help people as quickly as possible make that transition from a pain level of health awareness to a a prevention level of health awareness and ultimately to a performance level of health awareness where they recognize the simple truth that how your body works impacts everything you do. And that's most valuable in helping you do the things that you love to do. And so chiropractic is a phenomenal way to help people enhance their performance and enhance their enjoyment of life. So that's what the Retention Recipe 2.0 is all about. The link is in the show notes. There's some free lessons that you can check out to see if it is for you. Okay, so on the show. Please welcome Dr. Jennifer Liu. Hi, Jen. Great to see you. Thanks for coming on to the podcast.
1: Hi, Martin. Good to be here.
0: Excellent. So um, I was super keen to have you on because there's so many different things that you are doing that I think are super important in chiropractic. And I thought it would be really valuable for my audience to learn a lot about those things, but also to learn from you in terms of how you are able to have an impact in so many different areas. So really looking forward to it. But in terms of the most important question Of the podcast, what sort of coffee are you under the influence of these days?
1: Oh, you're going to hate me, Martin. I have one arm and chai at the moment.
0: (laughs) Oh, deeply disappointing. I'm not sure what that says about you're from Melbourne, and this is
1: true. But the 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 genetics of loving coffee didn't travel down to me. Coffee doesn't actually agree with me. So, being Vietnamese heritage, I do love a Vietnamese iced coffee. Yep. But the consequences are
0: not worth it. <laughs> Got it. All right. We won't perhaps uh, <laughs> dive down that rabbit hole in terms of what those consequences are. <laughs> but for, for people who are not familiar with Vietnamese iced coffee, can we, because I don't think that's been brought up as a topic. We've had a lot of pour overs. We've had a lot of different versions of uh Of espresso and we've had people talking um, about uh, Aeropress and other methods of brewing. So tell us, what is a Vietnamese iced coffee?
1: A Vietnamese iced coffee is a filtered coffee that goes through like a filtered system. It's a little silver little utensil that you can pick up from any Asian grocer.
0: And they're so cool. They're like oh, they are awesome. They're like the the original uh, pour over little drip filter that goes on top of the, the mug or cup or whatever as well. So they're they're super compact. But yeah, go yes. on.
1: That's it. So you let that drip into your um, you know your tumbler or whatever glass or you know um, you're using, and then when once that's nice and cool or while it's hot, you can just pipe in as much condensed milk as you like yeah then you chuck in your ice and then you get a long um, teaspoon or a straw and you just smash it all up <laughs>
0: yeah beautiful yeah. yes yeah they <laughs> they in vietnam they often have these little sort of carts basically where you can yeah. get this vietnamese iced coffee it's yeah it's super nice and it tends to be like super dark roast um robusta coffee so it's got like a very very big caffeine hit for something that tastes quite sort of sweet and smooth um, because of the condensed milks and the, the right. coldness. So yeah I can see why that might not agree with uh, nervous system or digestive system or a combination of because they are it's super caffeinated. but anyway it's a chai for today. so mm-hmm. um, chai for today. Excellent. So I mentioned that there's a lot of different things that you do uh, and a lot of areas that you're having an influence. Um, So what is, if we look at it in that broad picture, whether we're talking practice or um, all the different other things that you do in chiropractic, what's the influence that you're trying to have these days?
1: The influence is firstly trying to leave the world a better place than we found it. Yep. Yep. And whether that's through Cambodia, through um, Australia okay. Science Research Foundation. So
0: tell let's let's maybe sketch out all the different things that you do. So you practice yes. here in Melbourne. Um, yes, I practice here in practice. Melbourne. So tell us Cambodia was the next thing. What's what's Cambodia? Cambodia other is, than the country. Other than,
1: <laughs> so I was very lucky enough in fifth year to head off to Cambodia um, for a volunteer chiropractic trip. And so I think it was six six of us fifth year students from RMIT went, and I just fell in love with with um, basically helping people that are so impoverished. And when you come from um, an area of where your purpose is having as many people checked and adjusted under chiropractic care, there's only two chiropractors in Cambodia. So if you if you have to bring chiropractic to people if they don't have access to chiropractic care, so I think that's where that deep down love comes from. If you really believe that every person should be checked or every person should have access to chiropractic care, then what are you doing to support that?
0: Yeah. And so in terms of then uh, you went on a trip there in fifth year and then since then, what's the initiative that you've created there?
1: So since then um, I've come back every year besides our years under the pandemic. So I, I often will go with a medical build team. Um, that's how I started off. And then RMIT approached me to take their students. So in 2015, we had our first um, proper RMIT student cohort organized um, under the charity that I sit under, which is Restore One Charity. So they could do two weeks of their final placement with, with myself, but also fall in love with just service, just being a servant um, to service, which is how I tend to preach my life um being of assistance and being of service in many different ways and for them just to understand how simple chiropractic is um if you understand its intention
0: yeah 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 and so um in terms then of the you're going to um Cambodia and who are you providing care and you're, you're taking a group of chiropractors and chiropractic students and who are you providing care for over there
1: so we are providing care for the most impoverished of impoverished people in Cambodia. So these are often our rural in the central of Cambodia. Unfortunately, due to the Pol Pot, Khmer Rouge, that happened through the 70s, 80s, even up until the 90s, um, a, lot of, a lot of Cambodian people are in poverty. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, so they, so majority of them in our rural areas only earn $2 US a day. Which is yeah, and and where our charity focuses on is providing education, uh, making sure villages are self-sustainable, ensuring we're reducing the risk of human trafficking.
0: Yeah, within those areas. Can I, when I heard you speak at um, a DGE last year, that was one of the things that really struck home for me. Is there's, if I can paraphrase it, and you correct me if I'm wrong. There's this cycle where. In countries like Cambodia, the, the poverty that's become sort of endemic also creates this sort of power imbalance. Where for rural people, in particular, where they're at such deep levels of poverty, that um, essentially human trafficking is a really you know uh, financially viable thing. Particularly girls being trafficked into you know sex slavery, more or less, and um, and other forms of human trafficking. And that's really heartbreaking when you look at the, the impact that that has on people's lives and just the small amount of money that uh, is needed to, to make a difference there.
1: Yeah, exactly. So when you, if most of our rural um, people in Cambodia are rice paddy farmers or they rely on farming, so when you have a poor season, you do need to go to that loan shark to get a loan to get you through to the next season. And unfortunately, to pay back that loan shark, you need to go to another loan shark so you can pay back the first loan shark. And yeah. what and then, and then the cycle of interest just keeps compounding and compounding and compounding where the loan shark comes up to them and goes, we will clear all your debt if you just give us a child. And
0: yeah.
1: what, what do you do? So so and all what happens is that they force their children to come out of school or they don't even go to school at all and they'd send them to the cities where they where they ask these children, their children, to send money back home. Yeah. And the things that these children have to do are, are unspeakable. You don't even yeah. want to acknowledge what these children have to do. So, yeah. so, so, so they,
0: yeah. If people are sort of uh, drawn to support this, I know that uh, you do a lot of work to to sort of fund um. The work that's done by a charity in uh, Cambodia. What's the charity? called? Oh, we'll have a link in the show notes. But what's the yeah, charity it's called,
1: called? It's called Restore One Charity. So yeah. it's and the reason why it's called Restore One, it's just restoring one village at a time to make sure that's self-sustainable before we move on to the next one. Yeah. So so you're the, not
0: you're not just giving money to this community to to get them past this sort of crisis of this season. You're um, essentially investing in changing the dynamics of that community so that they they are self-sustaining, they can create a system where the family isn't in that circumstance that they're that they're set up for moving forward to not need that charity.
1: Correct. Yeah. So we are moving, we are looking to actually make them self-sustainable so we can move on to the next one. So by pooling all your money in one village or having a charity that just pools all their money in one village, you can make change very quickly. Yeah. Unfortunately, with some of our big organisations, because they look after so many countries and so many villages, it does take a while for your contributions to make impact. Yeah. So since 2013, um, our high school went up. Um, our, we took over a pre-existing um, primary school that we have just given back to the Cambodian government last year. Yeah. So that is actually not under um, charity um,
0: governance Administration, anymore. yeah, yeah.
1: Correct, yeah. And then we have our preschool. And the good thing about the chiropractic trips is that we always leave a gift behind for the Cambrian people. So all the trips I've organised, we've either contributed to a building of a classroom or we've completed building a classroom or we've built toilets or built homes uh, for those families that need it. So we're up to three and a half classrooms from over the 10 years that chiropractors have been going. So a hearing aid classroom, um, which is now... Basically, a year six classroom, we've built the year seven classroom, a year nine classroom and a year 11 classroom as well.
0: Excellent. And so how uh, in terms of how people can support, they'll go to the link in the show notes. But is it something that they just give a donation or are there other ways that they can contribute or help as well?
1: So They can give a donation. We actually would love chiropractors to come with us. So um, at the moment, our next trip will be in October, and we're looking at bringing life west. We've spoken to a few chiropractic colleges. So when we have students, we always would love um, our qualified chiropractors to come along and share their gems or wisdom and to be supervising chiropractors and, and just to support the students. So originally, the trip has been designed to be student focused, but we have just taken chiropractors as,
0: as well. Yeah, perfect. All right. So that's um, Cambodia. Then you, we, The next thing that I sort of interrupted you as you're about to say is you're also um, in, very much involved in the Australian Spinal Research Foundation. So what's your sort of role there?
1: So I am currently vice president. Yep. And I do look after a lot of our events under the foundation as well, including um, the comeback of Jumpstart, DG Jumpstart for Students. So you can see there's wow. this pay it forward. Um, theme happening at the, mo- <laughs> at
0: the moment. Oh, wow. Well, so I hadn't heard. So DG Jumpstart is making a comeback, is it? And mm. um, when's that happening or is that still being worked on? Or
1: Well, we're launching with um, ABCA. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so they're coming to Melbourne on the 11th of August um, because their seminar is that yeah. weekend. So we're, we're going to be hitting up RMIT on the Friday for students to get introduced to ABC.
0: Fantastic. Um, now, the other thing connected to events and spinal research that I, was the original impetus for me to get you on was um, I, you're involved in, uh, I guess, sort of initiating and running the upcoming DGE and philosophy symposium, which I'm super excited to have back after a couple of years off. So did you want to maybe talk about what, you, what that's about and uh, what we're trying to accomplish with that?
1: So philosophy, the philosophy symposium is, um, was started by Brad Atkinson, who we all know yep. and love, and behind every great man is a greater woman, um, <laughs> just, just, just kidding. Um, so um, over the years, we've just noticed that um, with, particularly with our new grads, we're just losing um, their understanding of what chiropractic is and, and the intention of what we do and why we do it. And even and even if we look back at the last decades, chiropractic, the chiropractic profession, we still see the same percent of people as we did 20, 30 years ago. And and when we look back at why, I think with over the decades of us trying to fit into mainstream um, healthcare practitioner status, that we've just lost our philosophy yep. um, in a way. Yeah. 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 So okay. and what, And what makes our profession different To say physio or osteo, I think it's just getting confused in in the public's eye. Yeah, and that and and it all comes back to our understanding of our own chiropractic philosophy.
0: And so, with the philosophy symposium, I understand there's you know a whole day of speakers, but um, particularly with that sort of philosophy aspect of it, who are who would you be saying are the the key speakers that people should be penciling in, or that they're going to get the opportunity to listen to?
1: Well, we've got our philosophy geniuses, Bill Deccan and Brian Dooley coming all the way from South Carolina. So coming all the way from Sherman College of Chiropractic. Um, The Friday and the Sunday, we're running the Academy um, of Chiropractic Philosophy program. So for those who want to do their postgraduate in chiropractic philosophy and also for those who have already done their ACP, they're moving on to the next level to do their diplomat in chiropractic Mm -hmm. philosophy. So that's why we've got Sherman Chiropractic College coming down. Our very good friend, Travis Corcoran, is coming down also because he will be um, teaching the ACP and um, the Diplomat as well. So, so Saturday is the actual philosophy symposium, so you'll see all three of those wow. um, bracing the stage. So if you if you are keen to get some in-depth, challenging insights on chiropractic philosophy, then basically these three will, will do it for you. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's awesome. Can't wait for that. All right, so we got... Um, the spinal research foundation is there anything else that you are managing to squeeze into your obviously very busy days and weeks
1: oh so we've got what i asrf so um at the moment we are pushing case studies yeah so yeah so and this links into um the false symposium so having chiropractors publish their not their not necessarily their miracles but um things that are out of the musculoskeletal um realm of chiropractic yeah so we're looking for all those things that are immunity we're looking for peds we're looking for resilience um just to open up that research box of what chiropractic can do so having being for those who want to say they're evidence-based focus that's awesome um but it's not the full scope of what we do so and there's a difference between evidence and what you know can happen in practice so it's making sure that we link those two
0: yeah. Together. Yeah. And I think there's, uh, I spoke on a previous episode of the podcast with Ryan Seaman, who's the president of the Spinal Research Foundation, about the, um, the case studies um, program. And I think what's been super exciting is, you know, I got an email yesterday, I think, from Phil Eberle with the Asia Pacific Journal and looking at the yes. number of uh, case studies that are coming out. So if you want to see some of the results of this process, where the, the Australian Spinal Research Foundation will essentially help you, will support if you've seen something amazing in practice, if you've seen something that's outside the realm of that back pain, neck pain, headache domain of chiropractic, then the, the program will essentially facilitate or help you to turn that into something that helps build the evidence base for chiropractic. And then you can see the, the end result of that by looking at the Asia-Pacific Chiropractic Journal, where there's a number of case studies that have already, over the last few episodes, been shared in there. So, yeah, really an awesome program to uh, help support the value that chiropractic has more broadly than just back pain, neck pain or headaches. So exciting times. Um, So I'll have links to all of those things in the show notes, if you are interested in that, but just looking at it, there's, you get a lot crammed in there. You're doing a lot of things in a lot of different areas. How is it that you're able to do so much, Jen? What do you think that your secret to being able to have so much impact is?
1: One of it is because I'm a Taipei a personality, yeah. <laughs> so that's one, and and two, um, I have a very good supportive team in this office. So I couldn't obviously do it without them. It's really nice have that everyone knows their role, and and it's a good thing of having a team that's cohesive and understanding what their role is in chiropractic. So it's not just what happens in our practice, but how this practice allows us to influence the profession itself, and hence um bigger aspects global countrywide yeah Yeah. so our mission statement's actually on our front door when you walk in so we're looking for community um improvement or influence we are we do actually have on our um on our front door that we want our community in here to have global and social responsibility hence why Cambodia Australian Smarter Research Foundation
0: that's awesome. So, just looping right back then, what influenced you to, to get involved in chiropractic in the first place?
1: I was a hockey player um, through oh, my teens, and I, so doubled, am I. yeah, field hockey. Yeah. Yes, so I started off with John Costa Hockey Club. Yep, and then moved on to MCC. Yep. Yeah, so I had an awesome PE teacher that um, would drive me around to all my matches on Friday night. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and with that came through injuries and through that um found chiropractic care. But at that time, it actually wasn't my first um, preference for uni. So I actually went to, when I finished year 12, I went to the University of Melbourne and did a Bachelor of Science majoring in pharmacology, though. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, so yeah. 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 So during year nine and 10, I was in a program called the Victoria Police Youth Corps. Yeah. So it's 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 essentially police cadets where you have um, two police officers um, taking you through every Wednesday afternoon and and teaching and empowering you through leadership skills. And there was a little, you know, the little upsell of hope, hopefully that you will join the police force. And I really loved the forensic side of that program, hence why I wanted to have my major in pharmacology to get into the Victorian Forensics Institute. Yep. But when you are with a prestigious um, university like the University of Melbourne, um, you, you do talk a lot about money yep. and about success. So every single one of my classes in pharmacology was about the monetary value of, of, of pharmacy, of drugs yep. and all of that stuff, which which I instantly repelled to. So, yeah, so basically, so when I finished my degree, that's when I actually enrolled in chiropractic at RMIT.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. And so was there, a, was there a particular moment that you you sort of pushed away from the, I guess, sort of mercenary aspect of the, of big pharma and that part of it, was there a particular moment that you remember thinking, well, that's chiropractic is the alternative to this or was it just like, I don't want to go down this path, this other thing looks okay? was...
1: Uh, it was our anti-hypertensive lecture, <laughs> and the fact that the slide came up as it is worth forty billion globally, industri- like the industry, and I was like, "Oh!" Yeah, <laughs> I just yeah. remembered like this sickening. Like I didn't like, yeah, like, that was the second slide in. So the yeah. first slide was anti-hypertensive yeah and then the second slide was 40 billion like i don't even get to know about this um how this process or how this drug works i'm just actually finding out on the second slide how much it's worth and it was was such a big gut-wrenching aversion to this slide
0: yeah that's creepy isn't it
1: yeah
0: (laughs) um so in terms of then along the journey from coming into chiropractic i guess study as a Disaffected uh, pharmacologist, or uh, recovering, <laughs> uh, or, or recovering pharmacologist, uh, and yeah. then going from that to where you are now, where you're having this sort of global impact through uh, at both a community level and a professional level, as also having a thriving practice with a community focus. Along that journey, who would you, who or what would you say have been your biggest influences within chiropractic?
1: Along the way at RMIT, um, hence why I love paying at to Students, there were a lot of chiropractors that opened up our doors or opened up their practices to us. Yeah, And um, and that had a lot I had a lot of access to mentors during those years. So the more involved I was, the more access I had. So I had Jim Bettina flying around, yeah. David so Cahill.
0: That's, that's yeah, Jim Carrigianus and Bettina Tornatoro. So they're chiropractors who were here in Melbourne now in uh Barcelona in Spain Bettina's involved with the Barcelona College of Chiropractic and Dave Kale, who is the current uh Australian Chiropractors Association president and a former president of the uh Spinal Research Foundation and again another really great chiropractor here in Melbourne yep go on
1: yeah so we I remember I think it was Wednesday nights that we had at dave's office yeah and we would separate into our appropriate year levels so you would go into a back corner to talk about reporter findings or you'll come around this way to talk about general chiropractic philosophy so i really highly encourage the students to find chiropractors to be annoying at seminars um, because that's how i i wouldn't have been here now if i didn't have those mentors back then
0: yeah
1: and um, and they, and it's really hard to find mentors once you've graduated where because I had them all along throughout my five years, um, I can call any of them up at any given time and, and they'll have the space and the time yeah. for me because they've watched that journey throughout and they feel like they've had that hand in my journey. Yeah. Um, so then we've had DG, we've had Parker. So I think one of the best advice I was given was from my first principal, George Scandaleas. And yeah, so we met we met at student clinic at Boleen, RMIT Balline Student Clinic in my fourth year, and I think we just clicked. And um, he offered me a job um, within his um, side um, company, Back to Sleep, and then an associate position once I finished. And when I was in my fourth and fifth year, he said, "I need you to get to everything. I need you to find out what you do like, what you don't like. I need you to find out your what you like." to be as a chiropractor and that includes finding out things that you really don't like. And he um so throughout my 4th and 5th year I think I did observations in about 160 offices.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then every time I came back George and I would have a sit down of what I liked, what I didn't like, did it fit into my values, didn't fit into my, did it fit into my idea of chiropractic, did it fit into my philosophy, did it fit into would I be proud to call myself a chiropractor in those circumstances? Yeah.
0: Wow! What an experience. That's amazing. What a, sort of a, a finishing school to to have had that that level of um, immersion in different practices?
1: Yeah, yeah. And he, um, and he was like, even if I need you to take out a loan, I need you to get to. All these cinemas, um, because you'll never get them at student pricing. So you,
0: yeah.
1: yeah, So the, from your first day of first year, you you'll know that you're going to graduate as a chiropractor if you get to the end. So you need to keep you need to start working. Yeah. First year, because because yeah. RMIT is not going to give you everything. And then I had um, those other chiropractic influences through the through the mentors that opened up the doors to substitute for the lack of philosophy that we had through RMIT. Yeah. So I th- I think RMIT by having no philosophy courses within its program um, made me fall in love with philosophy not because it didn't have it it because it because I had to search for it yeah if that makes sense the yeah the
0: absence makes the heart grow fonder theory
1: yes yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah so then I graduated and I had um, three years with um, Waverley Central Chiropractic Clinic which is George's um, office here in Melbourne. And then, um, and then Brad um, Atkinson wanted to go to Fiji on fire. So asked if I could do a locum for him and um, I'm the locum that never left. So yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's, a, that's a great locum service
1: you've got there. <laughs> I know, I know. So yeah, so um, it was great having um, serving both offices or having two associates at, um, at the same time because George was, um, his office oh. is very systemized, which as a new grad, it's really nice to be within a system when you know nothing. So, so, so it's nice having procedures from your day one, day two, two reviews, having suggestions for table talk, having CAs look after you a lot and then having uh, my second office um, where we get to, I get to fall in love with more of the philosophy and the vitalism. And finding my own identity, um, we see a lot more kids here at um, this office than I did at Glen Waverley. So falling in love with pediatric practice, and and then blending those those two. So in 2016, I left my Glen Waverley office and joined Brad here full time. And in 20 no 2013, I joined Brad. 2016, I left Glen Waverley, and then 2016, I bought this office from from oh, Brad. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Very cool. So it sort of seems like there's this overarching theme where, you know, if we look back at the question of how are you able to do so much, it sort of seems like you just, as soon as there's an opportunity, as soon as there's something you don't seem to spend, there's something that you could do. You don't seem to spend a lot of time thinking, should I, shouldn't I? You just kind of get into things. You know, look at your student experience. You got into I'm going to do these seminars. I'm going to do this observation. I'm not going to hang around thinking that'd be nice if I if it was done. You and similarly, your involvement in the profession, you're not just waiting for things to happen. You're there's an opportunity, you'll make something happen. So that is, does that feel like an accurate observation?
1: It it does. And going back to and why I also fell in love with it, I think it's it's you have to be decisive, especially when. Um, you're raised by a single mother as well. So, And my my mum is a Vietnamese refugee. Wow. So going back to Cambodia also serves her as yep. well <laughs> and also resolves childhood trauma. So, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you just be, you know, like your mum will be screaming at you, Jen, I really, I left my country for you. You're like, you need to do this. I'm like, all right, mum, I'll take out the trash. Like, chill.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? There's a I think um, if you look at across you know the, a lot of uh, entrepreneurial environments that the children of immigrants are often really really driven. That 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 those of us who you know have had generations of Uh, our family in a country it's sort of in some ways it's pretty easy and that maybe that cushiness and ease it doesn't serve us in terms of having that same level of drive to achieve that you know perhaps comes with that that difficulty that is embedded in an upbringing like that so yeah interesting so you were saying your mum she she arrived uh, as a boat person from vietnam so this is on the back of the vietnam war uh, yes. And then, and you were born in Australia though?
1: Yep. Born, born and bred. So yeah. So born at Hill um, hospital, but yep. raised in Ringwood basically. Yep. Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So I guess that sort of segues nicely. We've spoken about a lot of your chiropractic influences um, and it sounds like your mum and your upbringing was a pretty big life influence. Was there anything else that you feel like has informed who you've become and what you've been able to achieve and contribute?
1: I think my two major influences are always going to be the chiropractic clients that we have, because how do we best serve them? Because we are so lucky as chiropractors to bear witness to their lives. Yeah. And not only do they trust us, they trust us with generations of their families. Yeah. So on a, on a Saturday, on a, one Saturday a month here, I have the pleasure of looking after a grand, like grandparents, parents and their kids and for me, that's <laughs> such a, that's a, a beautiful experience, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah. And, I've, and I've, I've gone to the habit of calling all of my big families, hey family. Yeah.
0: And,
1: and they love that because they are a family to us. And, and, yeah. and, and during lockdowns, as you would appreciate, much, sometimes we saw our clients more than we did our own friends. A
0: family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
1: so yeah so and I've gone you're you've been out in practice a lot longer than I have Martin but (laughs) but um but I'm just getting to that stage where I've been out in practice long enough where I'm I'm clients I've looked after through their teenage years are now trusting me with their own children
0: wow yeah that's that's...
1: you know that's 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 a humbling experience that I think not many other professions get to see
0: yeah, I think there's a couple of, I agree, I think there's a couple of things that are really special moments. I think, as you say, there's that taking care of multiple generations of the same family. There's when somebody who you took care of as a child has a child of their own and they choose to to bring them in. That's a really special moment. And I also think the other one that I've really liked is where somebody that you checked as a baby then becomes a chiropractor. That's like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, the next one. I like, yeah, they're all pretty cool. It feels like there's something that you're contributing that has a long lasting, almost like a legacy that you're contributing to the health perspective of your community.
1: Yeah. My major other influence is um, the Cambodian people. Because yeah. for my best memories and my the best laughter, special moments have been them allowing us to one, help them but to allowing us for them for us to see how vulnerable it's really hard to, to let people help you when you are struggling yeah. and that's yeah yeah and two, yeah. to acknowledge to acknowledge i'm 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 in this strife I've, I've i've sold my daughter i've had to sell my children for 30 us you know um i've had to sell my daughter's virginity or and like help us and and yeah. and there's also um joy of how happy they are with with absolutely nothing like watching kids play with empty water bottles yeah so while we've got our chiropractors adjusting checking adjusting they'll often will tap one of our chiropractors for their empty water bottle that's just underneath the chiropractic table and five minutes later you, they've converted this water bottle into like a, a car or yeah. a train <laughs> you know yeah. All the joys that they have with pranking our chiropractors, so putting grasshoppers in their bags. It's <laughs> something about having nothing but them having the stress of having nothing that brings out the best
0: yeah. joy. Yeah. Well, it's sort of the interesting, isn't it? There's that yeah. paradox where I think there's literature that says that places like you know, Vietnam and Cambodia and so on where uh, from a material perspective they're very, very compared to western countries but the actual happiness of most of the people who live there is much higher and I think there is that paradox that our level of focus on material things is it's a, a mirage it doesn't bring you happiness it's actually that interaction with people and having those shared experiences with people that is actually that the true source of happiness and meaning in our lives
1: yeah and yeah so and last year in November, we had the honour of um, coming to Cambodia and watching our first Year 12 class graduate.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah,
1: yeah. So that... we had 68 graduate really? from.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. phenomenal, especially yeah. when you look at the circumstances where that's something that's so easy for people to not have the resources to be able to stay in education and then you think of the, the ripple effect of, uh, people in those communities having that level of education and that, that that can get them out of that spiral of poverty and and uh, I guess sort of generational poverty. That education is the path out of that for people to be able to live uh, you know much higher level quality lives. So that's phenomenal.
1: Yeah. So when when we give um, when we finish a classroom and we we always do a blessing. Yep. which our chiropractic teams get to be um, a part of. And we always have, say a prayer um, to the children what we hope this classroom provides them. And I always say to the children, I, education gives you choices and choices give you freedom.
0: Yeah. Powerful perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So- Jen, I want to thank you so much for coming and sharing your journey and uh, the things that you're creating in the world with the Under the Influence audience. And I also just want to acknowledge you for the phenomenal impact that you're creating both here in Melbourne and then more broadly in the chiropractic community and then in the community generally. I think it's uh, remarkable the amount of impact that you're having and it, it is really inspiring. So thank you. If you like today's episode, then you will love the Retention Recipe 2.0. It's an online workshop that is broken into 33 lessons and has over seven hours of content, which will teach you to confidently communicate the value of proactive chiropractic in the first 12 visits. So, if we want to have long term retention, if we want people to stay with us for months, years, and reap the really amazing health benefits that happen with long-term chiropractic care, we need to set the foundation for that in the first 12 visits. So the approaches in the retention recipe 2.0 are based on state-of-the-art influence strategies that are effective, ethical, and they're enjoyable to use. They will help you to have more fun, less stress, and increase your retention, which means more practice growth and less always being on the hunt for new people. Check it out in the link in the show notes.